learn the most advanced recruiting techniques. Land the most desirable talent. Launch your company towards massive success. This is the Higher Power Radio Show with Rick Gerard. You do not need to see 50 or even 10 candidates to make a hire. You only need to see one. So why do we feel like we need to see a lot of people to compare and contrast before making a decision? Because we've been conditioned to window shop in order to make sure that we're getting the best deal. So this is a transactional mindset. And the problem with this is it causes us to hire too fast with zero evidence to support whether or not we're making the right decision, resulting in bad hires. So let's change your perspective a little bit. Let's start by flipping your funnel. First and foremost, focusing on channels that produce the strongest hiring results, i.e. your referral network, warm recruits, and then supplement with job boards and applicants. Relationships, not money, are what drive people in today's hiring landscape. I'm Rick Gerard, and welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show. We help entrepreneurs win the right hire. We do so by sharing insights from top-performing rebel entrepreneurs, disruptors, and game changers like our guest today, Ms. Kate DeWald. She is the founder and CEO of OnQ. OnQ is a leading software and booking services for the moving industry. Launched in 2018, OnQ helps moving companies increase their revenue by as much as 400% year over year by automating many of their manual processes and enabling them to devote more time toward business growth and longevity. Prior to leading OnQ, Kate served in go-to-market roles to drive growth and industry-leading SaaS companies, including SuccessFactors and ServiceMax, which is what makes Kate the perfect expert for today's topic. Kate, welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show today. Thank you, Rick. It's a pleasure to be here. It's great to have you. Today, we're going to discuss why hiring is a long-term play, number one, and then we're going to talk about how to gain access to high-quality people by developing relationships. Sound like a plan? Sounds good to me. So let's talk about the challenges today because I feel like recruiting and hiring is a reactive process for most of us. We get some money, oh God, we got to hire, you have a gap, you need to fill, somebody leaves, and it results in a lot of oh shit hires. Like I've got to get somebody in this role. So there's a longer term play to this and there's a better way to do this. Would you agree? How do we get ourselves out of that funk? Yeah, absolutely. So a few things, I'll talk a little bit about the problems that we have, and then we can talk through some of the solutions. The biggest challenges that we have are first off, filling the top of the funnel with the candidates that we want for the particular roles that we're looking for. Sometimes we have too many candidates for a role and we're sorting through, and sometimes we have too few that don't really match our profile. And the other piece that's really important is making sure that the candidate has a stellar experience, regardless of if we hire the person these people are spending time with us, we're spending time with them, we want to make sure that everyone comes out of it with a stellar experience, regardless of the outcome, whether we move to an offer and bringing them on board. So you hit the nail on the head there, you either have one or two problems, you either have too many people or too few. Let's deal with that a little bit. Because when you have too many candidates, I think people think they're doing great because they go, oh, I got 100 people who applied to this job. That's not necessarily a good thing that eats up a lot of time. But then again, how are you able to make sure that you're not missing the right people based on those applications? Yeah, that's definitely a challenge we see when we have too many applicants, because you get a lot, you get exhausted just sorting through, potentially making a really quick snap decision based on some heuristics that you have. That can be a pretty hard thing to get around. So some things that we do is making sure to ask some qualifying questions 
in the application process so that you can filter out like for certain roles, as an example, we're hiring for a, a certain technical role, they have to have experience in that particular technical language. So that's one of the questions. And so that can help you if you can come up with a couple questions to just make sure that the person has the relevant skill set, that'll help you filter it down much more quickly. So you can focus on the candidates that you want. And then on the opposite side of that, the funnel not getting enough candidates. Yeah. There's always this, well, I'd like to see more people. I've had yeah. hiring managers say that to me a lot. I'd like to yeah. see more people before making a decision. What's yeah. wrong with that? There's a couple things. Like one, you could be shopping around and like you could have the great candidate and you're trying to find someone else in the process or you're limiting your funnel to a specific source, right? If your employee referrals can be great, however, for certain roles, you may wanna broaden your search and look at people that maybe aren't looking for roles, aren't in your particular network, so you can bring in a different perspective, potentially a diverse candidate with a skill set, lots of different things. And so you've gotta try different ways than simply just going to job boards, reaching out proactively yourself to candidates. I actually spend a good amount of time searching for profiles for leadership positions that we have and finding the ideal person or target profile of someone that we want to target and reaching out to them, talking to them who they know, and we might not be connected at all. So working as a partnership with your recruiters to have them help you in that scenario as well and find some good candidates too. When you treat each person like they're your only candidate, you're going to get a much clearer picture as to whether or not somebody is going to be the right person for the job. To get out of that window shopping mode, I think is really important to do. Treat each person like this is your person and it's your job to figure out whether or not this person is properly positioned and has the right genetic makeup to do well at your company. Right. That's a really important point you want to, that goes back to that, making the candidates experience really good in the process. And you don't need to talk to 10 or 20 people for certain roles. You probably need to talk to three to five Sure. 10 to 20, maybe not. Well, if you only have one role open, you only need to talk to one person. That's a good thing. You just saved a ton of time. And this is why it's important to a company because you're eating away a lot of time, especially when you have hundreds of people who have responded. That's not necessarily, that creates a lot more work for the people who are actually doing the phone screens. And the problem is that you can't really evaluate them or make judgment calls based off just the resume alone. I would much rather take the time, like you said that you were doing, is reaching out to people that you think might be good and developing a relationship with them. You're listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. For our podcast listeners, we're going to take a quick educational moment from our sponsors. Hey, check out stridesearch.com. There you'll find additional content and resources and a link to order Healing Career Wounds, which is available now on Amazon. Let it be your secret weapon to winning the strongest hires. Our guest is Kate DeWald. She's the founder and CEO of OnQ, and we're talking about relationship building to find the right people. You've actually developed a unique approach to how you're doing recruiting within your organization. Yeah, absolutely. So tell me what you're doing. We're employing a number of different sources. We work with recruiters for those positions. And certainly for leadership roles, we actually have those individuals meet with everyone on the leadership team. We really feel it's important for them to get a sense of what it's like to work within our team and our company on a day-to-day basis. So we spend a lot of that time up front just ensuring that the candidates get to know everyone in the process. We're very transparent in the process. So we try to move as quickly as possible for certain roles so that one, the candidate, we spend a respectful amount of time on both sides of the process. And then the other unique thing we do is we really try to do something. We talk about what it would be like to really work in this environment. 
what the specific outcomes of this role are going to be and how they think they're going to accomplish them. So those are some things we do that are unique, usually with the leadership team. Obviously, with our team being remote, we do a lot of that through panel interviews. So that allows them to meet multiple people in the organization at the same time, not consuming two days of their workday. So it's like respectable amount of time and being really candid with the candidate in the process. If we have concerns, we ask them to reach out with their concerns for us. We also would try to address those ahead of time as well. Or if something comes up in one of our conversations, we are transparent with the candidate of what we're thinking is a concern. Okay, cool. Now let's break this down. So let's talk about the funnel. So where are you spending your time primarily on the funnel and the funnel being where are you finding people? The big thing that we've found to be really helpful for finding people is LinkedIn. We actually were able to attract some really high quality caliber people to our team. And I asked them like, how did you find us? And they said through LinkedIn and through my profile and through some of my writing. So what I realized with that is that's a great opportunity for us and for me to share a little bit about how we work, how I work, what I'm looking for. That speaks to some people, right? Like the things that I talk about are really about our company culture and that company culture is a really great fit for the right person. So I try to do a lot of content and being really authentic about that. And then the other thing is an unbiased interview process. So regardless of the way the candidate came in, even if they are a referral, they go through the same exact hiring process that someone that is not a referral would go through really to make sure that they're a good fit for the company. So referrals are great. However, we want to make sure that there's an unbiased interview process for all candidates. Well, let's talk about referrals for a minute, because it's not just employee referrals. You could utilize LinkedIn as a referral network as well. Investors, people that you know. The challenge that I've found is that a lot of people don't know how to ask for referrals properly rather than going out to like, hey, do you have any friends who are looking for a job? That's not the right way to do it. Most people don't know that people are looking until they found out they've already switched jobs. Who do you know in your network who's really strong at X? Who do you know that could perform well in this organization? That sort of thing makes a huge difference in gathering names and then just reaching out and developing a relationship. Also, you don't want your employees doing the recruiting. You want to reach out to them and just say, hey, look at somebody I know worked with you and I wanted to connect up. Not sure what's happening with you right now, but I wanted to find out you'd be open to hearing about something potentially stronger. And a lot of times that opens the door for conversation. And then also those people that you talk to are also part of your referral network. Exactly. If they don't fit your corporate values, which you're going to find people that aren't, then you leave in a good place to where you have the right now to ask for referrals. I found that that's probably the place where we are most successful when making hires because referred in people tend to stick longer. They've got somebody within the organization or there's some sort of connection to keep them there. Yeah, that's a great point. And building on that, yeah, that's usually what I do. I'll go to LinkedIn. I'll see if I have someone in that particular field that's an expert. And first I might reach out to that person and say, listen, I'm starting to hire for this role. Help me understand you're very successful at this. What do I need to be looking for in the person that I bring on board? And then we have a conversation about that because it's all about setting this person up for success and for roles that I might not have done myself before. I'm not an expert. So I like to go to an expert, talk to them, Maybe they're looking, maybe not. And then saying, okay, based on what we talked about, this is really helpful. Do you have anyone in your network 
for the stage we're at, for what we're looking to do, the goals that we have, anyone that meets this criteria that you told me about. So I think that's a really good part of the process. And it is always amazing to me. People will drop everything to help you. I have had people that I barely know on LinkedIn reach out, spend 20 minutes on a call with me to share this information with me. Someone that I worked with 10 years ago will hop on a call with me and help me understand that. And I think that's just like one of the most amazing and powerful things is like people do want to help. So when you need help, ask for it. So I like the fact, Kate, that you're actually taking the time as the CEO to do some recruiting, to do some outreach. How much time a week are you spending doing that? Around a quarter of my time is spent recruiting. I probably need to spend more of it. I always heard people say this in the past, like the CEO's number one job is recruiting. And I thought, yeah, yeah, but okay, that's really not. No, it is absolutely true. So it's around 25% right now. However, over the last two weeks, because we have some senior roles, I've been really focused on upping that to like 50 to 60% of my time. See, that's great. I will say that I have dealt with a lot of CEOs to offload that to somebody else within the organization. They don't do it. They really want to wipe their hands of that. And I think that's a big mistake because getting good at hiring is what's going to make the organization thrive. Again, if it's for a role on my team, now I've got leaders that hire their own team. They're going to be involved in, I'll be more of a final interview for our leadership team's hires and I'm the final pass through. However, for anyone that's coming onto my team, it's about setting them up for success. And if I don't know what success in that role is going to look like, I really need to understand that so that I can make sure that I'm setting the right expectations, that my expectations are in line, and I'm finding the right person for where we're at that's going to really come in and make our organization better. Let's talk about content writing, because you do this pretty well. And I think that you get people that reach out to you based on some of the content you've written. Yeah, absolutely. So this is another really invaluable tool that once you write content and put it out there, guess what, guys, it's out there forever, and somebody's going to be able to find it. You can also use it as a recruiting tool. Exactly. I had a great connection with someone from one of the posts that I wrote and we ended up connecting and there might not be a role right now. This person was fantastic and shared their story with me and like was compelled to reach out from the content. And it was amazing to hear their story as well. And I was like, this person, this is like amazing. I, I don't know if I would have ever connected with this person if not for the content that I wrote about. And we had just such a relatable experience. And so it was amazing to hear someone else's story, share my own personal story with them and like start to build a relationship. And regardless of we might not have that role right now, maybe it's not the right fit for the individual. If we do have something, this is someone that I've now have a network with in a space that we will eventually hire someone in. Yeah. And you probably have them on a list now. And now you can actually cultivate that relationship over time. And then when you are ready for them, guess what? It's an easy phone call. Exactly, exactly. Some of these things take a long time. Like I'm bringing on people that I worked with years ago in my career that I remember were fantastic and phenomenal. And I've seen them rise and been following. And it's amazing to go back and say, hey, let's come do this again. Like, let's have some fun here. Yeah, see that network is invaluable. So what about job boards? Are you using job boards at all? So we are a little bit. We're using tools like LinkedIn. But that's not really a job board, though. I'm talking about like maybe the zip recruiters of the world and those things. We haven't yet. As we're getting larger, we're going to be looking at an applicant tracking system for our company and really mainly to streamline the process, make it easier for the candidates. We had a candidate that we had interviewed prior come back through for another role from a recruiter. And we're now at the stage where we're interviewing enough folks. We want to have an applicant tracking system. They don't show up again because you're already passed on them? Yeah. Yeah, I get you on that one. So what are you doing to make sure that your interview process is unbiased? That's an excellent question. So training with our leadership team, 
reviewing questions prior that are going to be asked during the process. Our team, like from a senior leadership perspective, all of our team members have a lot of experience hiring. So they already know a lot of these basics. The other thing that we do to unbias the interview is we usually have some sort of exercise that we have the candidates do. We ensure that it's not a very large time commitment, but it's some sort of way into seeing how they are thinking about things. And that's helped us really remove a lot of the bias. Sometimes someone can be not a great interviewer. However, that's not important for their role. And they might not interview frequently because they've been in their position for three to four years. That's not a bad thing. And that's the person that we potentially want. Yeah, you don't want professional interviewers. Yeah, exactly. So you want people that are really good at communicating. And there is a difference to that. There's a difference between interview, being good at interviewing and being good at communication. There is some overlap. However, I feel strongly there is a difference. And so you're doing some sort of calibration thing that removes the bias of, oh, you know, the way this person speaks or something, you're removing that bias by having some sort of exercise that you have the candidates go through. Got it. You're preloading questions for the interviewers so that they know how to extract the right data then. Correct. Yeah. And well, the interviewers themselves are coming up with some of these questions and we'll meet as a team, the panel that will be interviewing for a specific role, I'll have a set list of questions. That is important for the panel interviews because we want to try to ask as many of the same questions as we can. It is a little difficult when you're hiring senior folks to have like the same exact questions for every interview and you want it to be natural. If somebody answers a question, you want to learn more about it. You want to be able to go into that. Having a baseline of few questions that everyone asks really helps the process. Wait, now you have everybody asking different questions though, right? It's not the same question. Right. You're making sure to not duplicate questions because that's one of the things that runs out good talent quicker than you can possibly imagine. You keep asking the same, so where do you want to be in five years? Or walk me through your resume, right? Like people just get tired of it. So we do a prep on that. Now, there is some benefit to asking a couple of the same questions because you want to hear what, why does this person want to work here, right? That answer might change through the process too, right? When they first talk to you, they might say, well, because you reached out to me on LinkedIn. But as they dig into it, that answer might change. So I think it's okay to have a few of those questions that are the same, as long as they're applicable to the process. If they're strategically put in in a place where you're gathering feedback. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. All right, most definitely. Well, shoot, we're getting pretty close on time, Kate. What would be two or three key takeaways you can give the audience that can plug into their business today? Yeah, spend more time than you think you need on recruiting, first and foremost, for other founders and CEOs. Be authentic in your hiring process. Be real about what the process is going to be, what it's going to be like to work there. And think about ways that you can add value to the candidates in the process. What can you do to help make sure that the candidate has a great experience regardless of the outcome? You know, that is so true. And here's the truth. People don't really care that much about solving your problems. They care about what's in it for me. Yeah. I come from a sales background. So IFM is like written and ingrained in my brain and on a wall. (laughs) Yeah. right. So if I know what's in it for me, if I understand and all you have to do is really bridge the gap in their brain or be able to check off those boxes for, hey, you have this pain, this pain, this pain. Here's how we can heal those pains. And then next thing you know, you've got somebody who's all in. And when you ask that question, why do you want to work here? Then they give you three or four reasons why. Yeah. Exactly. Kate, thanks so much for your time investment today. And I want to welcome you to the Higher Power Radio community. What would be the best way in which members of the audience could reach you and find out more about your company? Yeah, the best way to reach me is on LinkedIn, Kate DeWald, and the company is on cue. So feel free to send me a message on LinkedIn. I really look forward to hearing from you. And you are hiring right now, right? We are hiring. What are you so. looking for? I'll give you like a quick plug. Okay, we're looking for a VP product and a head of customer success. All right. If you're out there, 
you know how to reach Kate. <laughs> I'd love to chat. Absolutely. I want to thank our listening audience for tuning in this week's episode of Higher Power. A quick thanks to our team, Brian Colburn, Andrea Ballin, and Ayla Gerard. If you're listening to the podcast, please subscribe, review, and share. This show is written for you, and we welcome your feedback. Join the Higher Power Radio community at Higher, H-I-R-E, Power, P-O-W-E-R, Radio, R-A-D-I-O.com, or you can drop me an email at rickatstridesearch.com. Tune in next Tuesday. Our guest is going to be Nick Lovacini. He is the co-founder and CEO of Kettle Space. I'm your host, Rick Gerard, and you have been listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. Aloha. Thank you for listening to Higher Power Radio. Catch our LinkedIn Live show every Tuesday at noon or download the podcast on iHeartRadio, iTunes, YouTube, or your favorite podcast platform. We appreciate you joining us on Higher Power Radio with your guide to recruitment success. Rick Gerard.